Hello. Hey, Cuz. Hello, Cuzzo. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I cannot complain. How about yourself? I am. I'm hanging in there. I'm making it. You know, it's Monday, but it's another Monday, another blessing, another beginning to get things done. So I'm good with that. Yes, 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 yes. How was your weekend? Weekend was really good. I just relaxed and got a chance to spend time with um, some friends, well, a friend of mine. So, yeah. What about yours? Work, 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 work. Okay, you better sing for it. Sing for us on All right. <laughs> Hello, insightful gang. How are you all doing tonight? Hope y'all are doing well. Hit us up in the comments as usual so we can highlight you. We're hoping that y'all are in, well, Let's just say this. We hope that you are really going to enjoy tonight's episode because it's a really, really big episode um, for a lot of reasons. And you'll see once we kind of get started talking. Um, but we just want to make sure that we had people to tune in for this because it's relevant to what's going on in the time. So we really hope that you enjoy this. And like I said, feel free to join in the discussion. Hi, Gwen. Hey, Hello, ladies. Hello, <laughs> insightfulers. Insightfulers or insightful game. Y'all let me know which one y'all like the best. <laughs> I personally like both of them, but whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whenever you want to get started, my cousin, we can go ahead and go. All righty. So as usual, before we jump into tonight's discussion, we always like to give you all a brief, reca uh, brief recap. Um, of what we discussed during our last episode, just in case we have some new individuals or groups of people joining us. Um, and so our last episode basically centered around the topic of rejection. And during that conversation, we talked about, you know, the different types of rejection that one may experience throughout their life, uh, whether that's on a personal level, um, a social uh, level, um, and things of that nature. Um, we also discussed different types of coping, me coping mechanisms and um, got some insight um, from you all with regards to how you have dealt with rejection or how rejection may have showed up um, in your life. And so if you have yet to tune in and to watch that episode, um, we highly, highly recommend that you go back and you watch it along with our other episodes that we have put out. And so without further ado, I'm going to turn the table back to my cousin so that she can get started with tonight's conversation. Yes. So good evening again. I just want to highlight we have one vote for Insightful Game. So <laughs> thank you, Lisa, for that. Shout out to Lisa for that. Um, so definitely make sure that y'all continue to support our content like subscribe follow us on all social media platforms we're on facebook youtube and instagram and like before if you want to listen to us on the audio podcast we're on all audio major pop platforms as well all right so just want to say that so we are going to talk about in this episode the topic of grief so the name of this episode is Love and Loss, Healing After Grief. And 
how we came about this particular topic is because we're in the year of 2020. Okay, let's let's just start there. 2020, a lot has been going on this year. I know a lot of people just want this year to end. People want to put like the just the pause button, just stop it, just don't Take even it back to 2019. Back to 2019, hurry up and come to 2021, whatever. People are just over this year, me included. Okay. Um, but just this year alone, people have experienced a lot of grief and loss. Um, whether it's just you know death or um just a sense of normalcy with everything that's going on with COVID and being in quarantine and things like that. So we wanted to kind of highlight an episode about that. So we could have a space to kind of talk about that and just talk about like what grief is and the types of grief and how it can affect us and, and ways that we can cope with it and things like that. So before we talk about grief, we have to figure out exactly what it is. So grief is basically a normal reaction to some type of loss. Like I was stating before, there are different types of loss. One of the major types of loss that people tend to grieve about is death. Like we know that that's the major one. But then there's also other ones. Keisha, you want to kind of talk about some of the other ones? Yes. Um, and so when it comes to grief, just like Shanique was stated, a lot of times we tend to automatically go into the realm of the death of a loved one, whether that loved one is a family member, um, a coworker, or a good friend of ours. But upon doing our research and even taking time to self-reflect on our own, um, we came across that there are different phases or different times in our lives that we have experienced grief outside of a death. So for example, for those of us um, who come from a divorced home, divorce is a form um, of grief or a broken relationship, whether that relationship entailed the breakdown of a romantic partner, um, a professional partnership, um, or it came in the form of a friendship. Um, I think about the many women who've gone through phases of grief with regards to losing a child, um, with regards to miscarrying, um, or even making the a painful decision such as to abort, you know, their child for whatever reasons. Um, and there's plenty of different examples. Um, even positive things that we go through in our life can trigger um, grief, such as going off to college, graduating uh, from college. I was sharing with Shaniqui. I know the first time that I moved out on my own, um, out of my parents' house, like I cried like a baby. You know, the first night, and at that time, you know, in my early twenties, I didn't correlate that to grief. But like I said, as I was doing some research on the topic, I mean, basically, that's what it is. So. Like I said, any experience that we've gone through in life that we feel like we've lost someone or something equates to grief. And so we're going to be getting into that more so during tonight's episode. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up about um, when you said that you went off to college, because I experienced that, too, you know, like because just so used to being at home and being in familiar territory and yeah. then it was just like 
going off to school and not really knowing anybody and having to make new friends and being in a different situation, a different environment. I did also experience a type of loss, but like you, I didn't think that that was grief. You right. know, I thought it was just like, you know, homesickness or, you know, missing home or whatever like that. So, um, yeah. So I'm glad that we're able to learn that there's different types of right. grief or loss that people can experience. Right. Um, just moving on to the different stages of grief. Um, there's one type of model in particular that I like to use and that I know a lot about, and that's the Kubler-Roth uh, model. And in that model, there's five different stages. The first stage is denial. Basically, like, you know, um, this can't be happening. Like, I, I, I just can't believe this. This is not true. I, I just, I don't know what to do. I'm speechless. Then you have anger, where why is this happening to me? Like, you're literally just angry. You're just frustrated. You're just like, I, I just can't believe this. Like, why? You ask yourself why a lot. Then you have bargaining, where it's kind of like, I'll do anything to change this situation. Um, whereas, like, especially if it's in a particular death situation, like if you... Um, know someone who has a terminal illness mm -hmm. and you're trying to look up ways that cures that you feel like can help you know the person but a lot of times you know it may not necessarily be a cure and so because it's terminal so that means that you know unless god has it for them to stay on this earth a little bit longer most likely because it's terminal their life will end shaniqua i wanted to interject right for a moment um yeah. Too, when I think of bargaining, what it brings me back to visually is a lot of times in that particular phase, we have the tendency to try to bargain with a higher being. So, for example, for those of us who believe in God, so if we have a loved one that's laying up in the hospital and, you know, the doctors have told us, you know, they've done all that they can uh, do and things of that nature, we may try to bargain with God in the form of, you know, God, if you heal, you know, my mom or if you heal my dad or my friend, you know, I'll give my life um, to you. Or, you know, if you do X, Y and Z, I'm, I'm going to do better in that mm -hmm. particular area. So that's another way in the grieving process that bargaining can show up as well. Mm -hmm. And I was also going to talk about bargaining in terms of not necessarily a death, but if it was like the end of a relationship, yeah. trying to convince the person to come back to you. That's a sense yeah. of bargaining. Like, oh, you know, I promise to do this differently or I won't nag you or whatever have you. That's that's a type of bargaining, too. It's not you're not able to accept the law. So you're trying to do whatever you can to fix the situation or to bring the person back. And then you go into depression. Like, what's the point of moving forward after this loss? And some people really, really get seriously, severely depressed to the point where they just can't go on. They don't know how to move forward or whatever. And then finally, you get to the acceptance where it's, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to go through this. Yeah. And you can still in that acceptance phase, it's not saying that the pain is over or that I'm just totally forgetting about, you know, whatever loss it is that I'm experiencing. I'm just making a choice 
to move on with with my life. And I know that particular model is based around mainly the loss of a loved one, but we just wanted to let you all know that 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 particular model can be utilized, like I said, for any type of loss, whether that loss is related to health, is related to a uh, relationship, um, the death of a, an animal, or like I said, you moving out of your home and going somewhere else, um, it can be utilized. Um, also, when it comes to relationships, um, there are some additional phases or stages um, within the context um, of that as well. Um, in the loss of a relationship, you usually too go through those five stages or those five stages have a tendency to show up. But then also um, one of the initial phases that you'll go through is questioning. Um, so or you're trying to, you know, trying to get in contact with this other person to um, to figure out as to why the relationship broke down in the manner that it broke down. Basically, in that particular phase, you're desperate and you just want answers um, with regards to, you know, why the two of you all are no longer together or why, you know, the two of you all are no longer friends and, and this, that and the third. Um, another particular phase that happens to come come out during the breakdown of a relationship is relapse. And I, I can speak personally about that. Sometimes we have a tendency to kind of coerce the person into getting back in the relationship with us, thinking that it's going to be better this time around. And a lot of times it's not. Things tend to actually get worse um, versus the first time that the two of you all decided to part ways. Um, there's a phase also called initial acceptance. And that's when one person in the relationship basically has like an aha moment where they come to terms with, you know, although I love you and, you know, I really want to be with you, I know that us being together is not healthy. It's not conducive to either one of our uh, well-being. Um, and so in that particular phase, it's very important that uh, the individual sets boundaries because if not, you have the opportunity, there's the possibility of you relapsing and going back and making the situation worse than what it was. Um, and then last but not least, it talks about acceptance as well as when it comes to um, a relationship. When you've gotten to the point, like I said, you still may have moments where you break down in terms of your emotion, whether you're angry, um, you're sad, um, you're, you're reliving or rehashing some of those good moments that the two of you have shared, but you've come to terms with, you know what, I'm probably better off um, being by myself or moving on to another more healthier relationship than being in a relationship with this individual. Yes, yes. Thank you for um, pointing those out, Keisha. And I also want to just let y'all know that these stages of grief, um, they're not chronological, okay? Exactly. Um, you can experience denial and then go to bargaining. So it's not necessarily denial, anger, and then bargaining. Um, there's also not necessarily a time frame on how yes. long you can spend in each stage. Um, it's pretty much whatever you kind of feel and what you experience during that time. Because a lot of people think that these stages are like chronological, and they're not. They're and not. I even think that too before I really studied this model, but it's not. And a lot of it, Shaniqua, is based on your personality. 
-hmm. And it's based on how you cope, how well you cope with things. So you're right. Some people may go through all five phases or seven stages. Um, some people may go through one or two. Um, some people may actually never actually experience um, any of those phases. So one thing to note, um, you want to be sure that you're not comparing yourself to another individual. Even if the two of you all have had very similar losses in terms of grief, because at the end of the day, each and every one of us is unique. You know, we have our own unique personalities. We believe differently when it comes to our morals and our values and things of that nature. So your healing process is just that. It's your healing process. So you take as long as you need to yeah. overcome whatever challenges or obstacles that you need to overcome. Yes. And I, we got some comments coming through and I love this. Um, let me acknowledge them. Okay. My mom, shout out to mom. It is like having a broken leg. It still hurt, but you learn to adapt. Yes, ma'am. That is so true. So yes, true. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know about the different types of that you can, you don't have to necessarily go through each stage of grief. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, Lisa. Okay. It's I like Walden, yeah, Tony's yeah, observation. They can come in combination. You're absolutely correct. That is very true. That's yeah, very true. And then I wanted to add about um, in addition to those different stages of grief, there's also different like types of grief that you can experience, um, whether it's acute, which acute grief is basically like the grief that you experience immediately after a loss. So that would be more like if you was experiencing symptoms of shock, distress, poor appetite, mm -hmm. uh, sleep trouble, poor concentration, those symptoms typically diminish yeah. over time. Then you have complicated grief, which is just like it sounds, complicated. It lasts a little bit longer. It doesn't typically go away. Um, it's kind of like you're constantly yearning for the person that um, has either died or has um, you know, left your life for whatever reason. Um, you may experience some like guilt or shame and you also may struggle with the idea of accepting the loss and moving on. Um, I want to say with the complicated grief, that's the one you want to make sure that you look out for because that can really turn into a deep depression. Yeah. So if you find that your grief is to the point where you're having trouble with like doing daily activities or just really moving forward, then it would be a good idea to seek professional help. Most definitely. For that. Because grief is natural. It's a natural response, but sometimes grief can take over. Right. So that's where the complicated grief can come in. And then you have the integrated grief, which is basically where you've come to terms with the loss. You've come to reality with it. And like you were saying, Keisha, before, like you still miss the person, but you're able to come to a level of acceptance that, you know, I'm going to be OK. I'm learning how to cope. Yeah. And and then you may have some triggers of, you know, when the anniversary may come around of the person's death or, um, you know, when their birthdays come around or weddings or, you know, something like that or any other type of memory can yeah. make trigger that grief. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm glad that your mom brought that that visual to mind because what it made me think of when I think of grief, I think of a roller coaster. And so when it comes to roller coaster, for those of us who, you know, ever rode one, we all know that, you know, our roller coasters have highs and lows. And usually they tend to be, the ride tends to be a little bit more bumpier towards the beginning. But as we get closer, you know, to the end, the ride becomes a whole lot smoother. And even in those, those lows and the valleys that we're going through and it's rough, we can still find some pleasure, some joy, some happiness when we think about, you know, the, the good times that we shared uh, with that individual. Yeah. And I'm also glad that my mom did bring up that scenario because um, I was actually going to bring up something similar to that because actually it was with my mom. We were watching this movie um, might have been maybe about a month ago or something like that. Um, no, actually, yeah, it was a month ago and it was this movie called Courageous. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of that movie. It's a it's a Christian movie. It's a very good movie. So y'all like, you know, Christian movies, make sure to check that out because it's a really good movie. And there was a particular scene in the movie because um, the guy, he was like, a, um, I think, a police officer and he lost his um, daughter, his young daughter in like a car accident, I believe. And he was having a conversation with, um, I think it was a friend or something like that. And one of the things he mentioned was, you know, um, losing a loved one is like living with an amputation. It was like, you do heal, but you'll never be the same. And I thought that that was like a perfect visual example, because that's exactly what it is. It's like, you have this, like you, you, you have this change, but it's it's just not, it's just not the same because it's not yours. Something is still missing. Right. I thought that was a perfect, perfect visual for me. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, well, we have some people that's heard of the movie. <laughs> love that movie. Yeah, I love it too. It's one of my, one of my new favorite movies. So yeah, so we kind of want to talk about some experiences that we've had with grief. Um, do you want to start, Keisha, or? I'll let, you, I'll let you start, cousin. Okay. So this episode is very important to me for many reasons, because a lot of um, people who know me know that I experienced a personal loss this year. Um, five months ago, actually, yesterday, May five months, um, my brother, passed away. Um, it was a very unexpected death. Um, he basically went into cardiac arrest, died of natural causes. And his death really impacted me because I've had people in my life that I have lost, you know, whether it was aunts, you know, grandmother, great grandmother, grandparents, whatever have you. But I had never lost a immediate family member. And that is a different type of hurt because of the fact that this is someone that I grew up with, lived with, 
spent holidays with, um, laughed with, shared so many memories. And, you know, I must say that my life has definitely changed because, you know, he was my only sibling, you know, so I'm pretty much an only child now. Um, although we were 10 years apart, um, we were still pretty close. And when I think about my own personal experience with this loss, it really illustrated the stages of grief model because I really feel like I've experienced all of them. I'm not necessarily at the acceptance yet, and that's okay. I know that um, I will get there um, in time, but I will say that I have definitely experienced denial um definitely anger um i'm not gonna lie anger with god um anger with my brother dying because of the fact that with him leaving that basically leaves me as the only child and i would worry a lot about my parents and how i you know be there for them and and things like that um so just anger about that and um not really depression i mean i have experienced a little bit of that in terms of just some deep sadness but um it's not to the point where i'm having trouble getting out of bed or you know i'm not able to eat and things like that because i know that my brother wouldn't want me to live like that um definitely bargaining um and i found myself really doing a lot of that um once he died because although we were very close we didn't talk every day and um sometimes i wish that you know maybe if we had a talk more every day you know maybe he would still be here or whatever have you but um i realized that you know that had nothing to do with it you know from a spiritual perspective you know it was his time and i know that whatever his purpose was on this earth he fulfilled it and god took him home and i know that he is in a better place He's, you know, not in pain, not in suffering, not stressed out. And I think that that gives me a sense of peace, especially knowing that because I am a believer um, that I will see him again on the other side. And the fact that I have the memories that we cherish together that, you know, will always stay with me because nobody can take that from me. You know, he may not be here in the physical sense anymore but these memories will be here for the rest of my life and um like i said before this is definitely a pain that i had never experienced before um i mean i basically what's kind of helped me get through it is the fact that counseling you know really this is something i've been really processing with therapists that i see and just really talking to my friends and my family and realizing that I don't necessarily have to be strong all the time because, you know, 
people expect you to be strong, especially with the type of career that I'm in, <laughs> because I'm a counselor. Um, you know, people expect me to just kind of like, because I counsel people, I should know automatically how to like, you know, take care of myself and, and things like that. I don't necessarily need a lot of people to, you know, reach out to me, whatever have you. And I've realized that it's okay for me not to be strong. It's okay for me to be able to lean on someone. And I'm very thankful for the friends and family members that I have that have just really just supported me and really been there for me because I don't think if I had that, that I would be able to really share this <laughs> with you all um, tonight and, you know, be comfortable with sharing that. Um, I think the whole experience with his death um, really taught me about the power of God because I know I experienced um, a lot in terms of things that I've never done before. Like, you know, I actually helped my parents plan his funeral. Like, I ain't never planned a funeral before. You know, like, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, I helped, you know, pick out the clothes that he wore. Um, in his casket. Um, I spoke at his funeral. Like, you know, um, I, I read a poem that I found online and that was very healing for me because I know that if the roles were reversed, um, he would have done the same for me. And, and even when last month, when we had his birthday, um, that was his first heavenly birthday. And my family and I really wanted to do something for his birthday to remember him and to honor him. Um, because that was something that was very big in our family was birthdays. So I ended up going home that weekend because it was Labor Day weekend. And, you know, we went to his grave and we played music, like we played the Stevie Wonder happy birthday song and um, played other types of music and just, you know, read poetry and, and talked and laughed and, um, and ate cupcakes. And to me, that was healing for me. Like the fact that I was able to do that and like, like I'm clearly looking at his grave and knowing that this is his grave, but to me it was still feeling like there was a part of me that was like, no, that's not him. Like he's he's gonna pop up or or whatever have you. But um, I know that it's a daily progress process for me. Um, but I feel like this experience really has changed me. Um, and I know that. He's still there for me whenever I need him. I do believe that. Um, he's probably watching <laughs> me talk about him in this episode. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that to let you know that um, it's possible that you can experience the stages of grief and really feel all of the type of feelings that you experience. Oh, wanted to share that. I'm proud. I'm proud of you, cause I was able to make it through without getting emotional. But yeah, oh. 
And, no, that's I, and I believe in, in my heart of hearts that he is definitely looking down on you and rooting you on, on tonight. Like he's very, very proud of you. Yeah. Very proud. Yeah. So that's my story. So what about you? What is something that's kind of impacted you dealing with grief and grief and loss? Um, something that I was thinking about recently and I didn't, I thought that I had gotten over, um, I had gotten over this experience and it wasn't until my students, um, started applying to colleges. Um, for those of you all that know, that know me, I work mainly with high school students, um, through the Upward Bound program. Um, assisting them not only with their high school endeavors, but helping them when it comes to the college application and all that entails. And um, what came to mind when I started thinking about the experience I wanted to share, when I was in high school, I was accepted to Morris Brown College. Um, and for those of you all that do not know about Morris Brown, Morris Brown um, is a historically black university um, and college. It's located in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it was founded by Blacks. Uh, four Blacks were founded by African-Americans, four African-Americans. And I remember just being so happy um, being on that campus. I actually knew um, a couple of individuals from our hometown who were students um, at Morris Brown during that time. Um, and to say the least, we, we had a great college, um, experience. Um, but for those of you all who have heard the story about Morris Brown, um, during my sophomore leading up into my junior year, um, we got called into convocation. Um, and for those of you all that's attended, um, if you obtained your degree from an HBCU, you understand a convocation. That's a big forum where all the students get together, all the senior leadership of the school and, um, sometimes it's a program that's going on that they'll present information. Sometimes it's in a pet rally form and things of that. And I remember um, there was just an eerie spirit that day. Um, there were things going on in the news that we were hearing um, and nobody really was telling us or giving us the answers that we really wanted and until that convocation came around. And basically during convocation, we found out that uh, Morris Brown was in the position to lose their accreditation. Um, now, why that is so important is because if a school is not accredited, that means that those students who attend that school cannot receive federal financial aid. So any types of grants or scholarships that are linked, like I said, to the um, federal financial aid program, you will no longer qualify um, for those types of assistance. So to say the least, we were very much in shock. Um, we were very much, you know, angry um, because things started to come out as to why our, our accreditation was being threatened. Um, there was a lot of money, and when I say a lot, I mean millions of um, dollars that had been mismanaged by the senior administration. Um, people, you know, that supposedly 
were on payroll at the college who either never worked there or worked there at some point and then were relieved of their job duties. Um, I even remember us going home for spring break. Um, Morris Brown was one of the first colleges to start the laptop initiative, you know, issuing their students a laptop. And I remember us coming back and us hearing, oh, you know that Toshiba was on campus um, to confiscate uh, those computers. We were told that um, the computers were paid through, through our tuition and come to find out that they were not. Um, and like I said, it was just a lot of mismanagement of funds and things of that nature. And so basically a normal college semester, which consists about 15 to 16 weeks of instruction, we had to condense that down to seven. And you're talking about stressful. You're, you're on edge. You don't know what to do. You don't know what is going to happen. I'm getting phone calls from my family, phone calls from friends. Uh, parents are coming in left and right and pulling their kids out of the college. Um, we're kind of left on edge. Um, at that point, they decided to bring in a new administration. And although the administration really did all that they could do to make sure that we satisfied, you know, those sanctions before SACS came back in, unfortunately, um, when SACS came back in, and I want to say it was around 2003, if I'm correct, um, our accreditation got taken away from us. And for me, especially being a first generation college student, I just felt like somebody just had hit me in my chest. Like everything that I had known, you know, for the past two or two and a half years at that school, they were taken away from me. The friendships that I had built, the, the, the professors that I had gotten to know, um, the different boards, just everything, it, it was fine one minute and then in another minute, I felt like all hell, you know, just broke loose. And I was very angry. I was angry at the administration because they left us as students, you know, in that situation. A lot of students at Morris Brown, like I said, a lot of us were first gen, you know, students. We didn't really know anything about um, college. And so being there and having that family, that sense of family, and then, like I said, to have that taken away, we were furious. And then on top of that, deciding in such a short period of time, and when I say short, you all, I'm talking about a matter of weeks. You got to make a decision about whether you're going to remain at this school and you and your family got to figure out how you're going to pay for your college education or you've got to transfer. And fortunately, I had a big scholarship. My scholarship was being paid for by Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a fairly funded program. So there was no way my family could afford me staying at that school. So I made a very tough decision. And when I say tough, I'm saying tough to transfer. Um, and so it took me some years to get over the loss of no longer walking, walking across campus or that one day I wouldn't be the Val or Sal of my class at Morris Brown or being able to even run from Miss Morris Brown at the time or having those conversations with my friends in the dorm room. Because like I said, once everything got taken away from us, everybody, basically they went their own way. The majority of us went back home and thankfully um, we all finished college 
and things of that nature, but we didn't graduate from the institution that we intended to graduate from because of you know, selfishness and because of greed. And like I said, this started to resurface for me when my students were applying to college. And there was a college at the time that um, was under review for its accreditation. And I had a long discussion with my students and their parents because that was something that was not spoken of. Nobody educated us about looking at the accreditation of a school. Um, but also in educating my students, I did not want to put my anger, I didn't want to put my angst on them because what I experienced is what I experienced. Mm -hmm. And so if they wanted to do it, go into that school, they deserve the opportunity to do just that. And so that's my experience as far as grief is concerned. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like it changed you, that experience? Like I said, I'm very much now, um, and I'm not crying, y'all. My my eyes are my eyes are running. Wait, um, if you were, it'll be fine. <laughs> when it it's comes fine. to, like I said, when it comes to assisting my students, when it comes to college, I'm very big on. A lot of times when we talk about college, we talk about oh, making sure you know, can you afford college or location, um, the type of uh, school you're going to attend. But like I said, accreditation is not an issue that we really talk about. And so I am big when I do my one-to-one -one advising sessions with my students like, hey, you know, I understand that you want to go to this school, but let's first A, make sure that it's accredited. And not only is it accredited, but the program that you are intending to major in, that it's accredited as well, because this could have far-reaching effects in terms of what you want to do career-wise. And so that's how I have taken a negative experience and now I'm using it to empower and to help somebody else. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, God doesn't put more on us than we can bear. And there's always a reason for what we've experienced. We may not necessarily know what it is in that time, in that setting, but I feel that it will be revealed over time. Oh, yeah. Like even oh, with my, yeah. yeah, like even with my situation, like, you know, I don't know why God took my brother, but I do believe that it was his time. Um, and the fact that, you know, most people or sometimes some people get a chance to say goodbye to their loved ones. Like I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that chance, you know, you know, and going back to kind of the bargaining stage, you know, that's something that I felt like, well, you know, maybe if he heard my voice that last time, he would have fought, you know, he would have been able to, to hear me and that would make him want to stay here even more. But, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. And, and that's fine. So, you yeah. know, that's, I think that's just the thing with grief it's like it impacts us in different ways and you know we just we don't know exactly how we might be in a situation until we're actually in that situation and i know a lot exactly. of people i know a lot of people say that you know they would handle things differently or whatever but you know you don't know how you would be and exactly. 
Yeah, you don't know how you would be. And just because something may not be as impactful to you, that doesn't mean that it mm -hmm. would something to me you know what i'm saying because a lot of people kind of think you know well that's not really something you should be grieving over you know you know that's something minor and i've learned in my profession to never minimize someone's level of loss or someone level of grief or someone level of trauma because you know exactly. that's to them you know what i mean like that's important to them so how who am i to say that you don't need to feel this way and I think that's part of the problem, like bask in this, you know, like allow yourself permission. Like we were talking about during the last episode, permission to feel what it is that you're feeling. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And even when I think about like my particular situation. I still saw I got to me and every student at Morris Brown at that time, we witnessed the hand of God moving on that campus, through our staff, through the faculty, as well as the student. When I tell you guys, we saw hundreds of students give their lives to God, even in the midst of everything that we were going through. And when I'm telling you they were crying out for God, I mean, college students, 18, 19, 20 year olds, we were on fire when it came to God. So that was one of the great things um, that came out of my experience. And even though, just like you, Shanifia, I got angry at God. And at one point, I completely turned my back on him. You know, I went through that anger phase, like, how dare you? How could you do this? You know, to me, how could you do this to thousands, you know, of, of students and things of that nature? But once you get on the other side mm -hmm. of that hump, you see even still where he had his hand in everything and why it is that you went through what right. it is that you went through because it wasn't just for you and your healing but it's for you to eventually take what you've gone through in order to help somebody else so true that's that's absolutely correct because we we don't know why we're experiencing and sometimes it may not even be for us like it might be for someone right. else to be, you know, right. a testimony for someone else. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And I think the longer that I've lived, the more I've seen that, that sometimes this situation wasn't even for me, it was for someone else so that I could help someone else um, to be able to move forward and to, to cope with whatever it right. is bothering them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a few. And I like the fact that you yeah. brought up that, uh, you brought up that you one thing that you've learned through your loss is that it's okay for you to feel to be at one you know with those emotions that you don't necessarily have to be strong and i think too sometimes we even place that on ourselves like um especially women it goes back to that strong independent black woman conversation we had earlier in the season where you feel like you've got to hold it together for your family I was saying episode three or four. <laughs> Just if y'all needed episode to. Episode three or four. <laughs> Just because y'all need to. When we sometimes we put it on ourselves, you know, where we feel like we've got to keep it together. And like you stated, it's okay not to be 
okay? Sometimes you need to cry. Sometimes you need to vent. You need to shout. You need to yell. You need to scream to get it out. You need to be willing to let somebody else help you in that moment. It does not make you weak. It does not make you weak. If anything, you're pulling from a place of strength, a place of purpose, you know, mm-hmm. And so I think, like I said, a lot of times, too, we can be kind of hard on ourselves when we're going through our own grieving processes. And knowing that, like you said, know that you have people around you that love you, that care for you, that support you, that want the best uh, for you. Um, and even if they don't have the words to say um, during that moment and things like that, you know, when you are ready to talk, when you are ready to lean they're going to be there to lift you up. So true. So your support system is key, guys. Yes. Key. You want to be able to surround yourself with people who's going to lift you up. Oh, at yeah. The day. I was looking at the comments and um, well, thank you all for everyone that was um, basically saying, you know, for, thank you for me to share. I really appreciate that. And Gwen brought up a good point about it can become a part of your testimony. And that's yeah. So true. I don't think I don't think we necessarily realize that yeah. time. When we're in it at the time. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So now that we've shared our <laughs> experiences with grief, how do you heal from it? And, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to heal. You know, we're big uh, advocates for therapy. You know, we say that all the time. You know, sometimes you have to know when you need to get professional help. Um, And one thing that I've also found that's helpful is figuring out ways that you can honor that person, especially if it was um, a death of a loved one, figuring out a way that you can honor them. Like, for example, I gave the example what my family did for my brother on his birthday you know how we went to his grave and you know we played music and ate cupcakes and you know read poetry to him and talked to him and things like that you know not i don't know if we may do that every year for his birthday but we definitely wanted to make sure that we did it this time because it was the first one and you know you know even if we may not necessarily do that there's other things that we can do to kind of like honor, you know, his memory. So that's something, figuring out what you can do. Maybe thinking about something that you enjoy doing with that person, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. doing that or watching their favorite movie or, you know, going to their favorite restaurant or whatever have you, listening to their favorite song. That's things that you can do to honor their memory. And also one of the things that I was thinking about, and I may actually do this at some point, especially for individuals like myself that never had a chance to say goodbye to their person, their loved one, Um, writing like a goodbye letter, you know, where you're actually able to kind of get out everything you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say. Um, I'm not quite ready to do that yet, (laughs) but that might be something that I may consider down the line. And I think another thing that we have to be mindful for, mindful of when we are grieving, um, 
you definitely want to make sure um, another coping mechanism is that you are taking care of your physical body, your physical man, um, with regards to, you know, getting enough sleep, making sure that you're eating correctly um, and you're exercising and things of that nature. Uh, for friends and family, for those of you all that want to show support um, to the individual that's grieving, know that you don't have to have the words to say, because sometimes, like I said, we've never been through, you know, that particular situation. Um, you know, for example, I'm a single woman. I've never had a child, but I've known plenty of women um, very close to me, very connected to me that miscarried. I, in those instances, I don't, I haven't had the words to say. I haven't necessarily um, gone through that experience for myself, but I can sympathize uh, with them. And like I said, just be a listening ear, just be a shoulder to lean on uh, for support, you know, asking them, you know, hey, is there anything that I can do to assist you, you know, during this time, whether it's, you know, helping to clean your home or bringing you by um, some dinner and things of that nature. So, um, even from that perspective, know that you don't, too, have to have it all um, together um, as well. And I also like that you talked about the letter because another um, mechanism that you can use is for those of us that are creative. And I really feel like everybody has some type of creative outlet, whether that's writing, um, that's drawing, that's painting, that's music. Um, it's another good way to... Uh, memorialize that person through those creative means. Um, and I thought about when we were discussing this, what came to mind was um, P. Diddy. For those of us who are 80s babies, but we were raised during the 90s, um, I think about Biggie Smalls and you know that song. Baby, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't resist. But the song that P. Diddy put um, you know, together him and Faith and 112. I'll be missing you. Know, you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'll be missing you. Um, and, and things of that nature, just using the, the God-given talents and skills that you have in order to commemorate, but also, like I said, to keep that person alive uh, in your spirit and things, of, and things of that nature. And also, I just want to say this too, um, Whenever you experience like some type of loss of a loved one, uh, primarily through death, um, especially if it's a sibling, because I'm going to use that example because that's what my experience is with loss. Um, I've noticed how a lot of times people will get in arguments or fights for no reason about stuff and be like, you know, I hate you and I don't want to talk to you ever again make up with people okay like especially if it's a sibling like make up with that person because with the way things are going on right now in this world you never know when people are going to be taking their last breath or even when you might be taking your last breath so like please like forgive people like make up with them the stuff is probably petty anyway you know what i'm saying so like because once that person is gone they are gone so please if you're able to and if it's a situation that is basically meaningless, what I'm saying, make up with that person and, and tell people that you love them while they're still here. I want to say that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So we got a few comments. Let's see. Goodbye letter is a great coping mechanism. Yeah. 
That's so true. Sometimes all a grieving person needs is someone to listen or just be there. Yeah. Lisa, what you laughing at? <laughs> I think you said baby baby. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then Lamar was like, that's my jam. Yeah, that's my jam too. We actually played, that was one of the songs that we played at my brother's um, grave site was the Biggie. Not Biggie Smalls, uh, the Puff Daddy song. What, what's his name now? Diddy, whatever. Um, Him. The, yeah, we played. Because <laughs> you know his name changes so many times. So, you know, like we played that song. Yeah. At, yeah. So, and it, you know, that definitely went in. So, um, so I kind of want to hear from our audience. Like, if there's anybody that's experienced some type of loss that y'all want to share, y'all can feel free to put it in the comments. Or even if y'all want to ask us any questions, this would be the time to do so. We love to hear from our insightful gang, aka insightlers. Yay. <laughs> and if you don't have anything to say, that's fine too. No pressure. We'll just leave the comments open just for a little bit. Well, do you have anything that um, you want to kind of close with? Because we're kind of running up on our time. You know what? Tony. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is one of my names. Uh, I'm going to call him Well, then he needs to go by that then and stop using the name every that was the name that was given to my mama at birth so that's what he gonna call there ain't nothing wrong with that time okay nothing wrong with it go by there <laughs> so do you have any closing remarks lakeisha um i think the only thing that i want to just leave with is you know like we stated before at some point or another um, each and every one of us is going to experience death in different realms and just know at the end of the day, your process is just that. It's your process. It's unique to you. Um, so don't ever feel pressured um, when it comes to your healing uh, process. Don't ever let people make you feel, you know, like, oh, you should have been overcome um this or you know why are you still you know hanging on to this particular situation because once again you, you are unique and although people may have been through your situation before at the end of the day we experience things very differently so allowing yourself grace you know if you make a mistake or you act out of character or you go within, you become very isolative, know that it's okay. Everything that you're feeling, everything that you're experiencing is normal. It doesn't make you, you know, crazy or you're different from anybody. You just got to give yourself grace, give yourself time and effort to get through whatever it is that you need to get through. Make sure that you're surrounding yourself with a strong support system. Um, like I said, you're taking care of yourself and taking care of yourself can include a whole array um, of things when it comes to what you enjoy doing. But once again, you will get through it. You will get through it. Yes. You keep telling yourself and you keep reminding yourself 
of that. This, this is only temporarily. And even when I get on the other side, once again, it's not saying that I'm going to forget about the person or that I no longer care about this individual or the situation that went down. It's just saying I'm choosing to live. I'm choosing to move forward with my life. And like I said, there's a whole lot of strength. There's a whole lot of growth in that particular place. So keep on keeping on. Yes. What about and you? I, ditto. I was just going to say ditto. I agree with everything that that you said. And just know that grief is a process. No one can tell you how to grieve. No one can tell you how long to grieve. Just allow yourself to be in the space to heal. Because healing yes. is what we want in the end of the day. Yes. is healing. All right. Well, we are running out of time. That's all we had for this evening. We want to thank you all again, Insightful Game, for tuning in to watch us. We hope that you really enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed making it for you all. And this episode was very healing for me. So thank you for being here with me, Keisha, to support me through this. I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah. And as always, you know, please like, share, subscribe to all of our social media um, platforms. Listen to us on all audio um, podcast platforms and definitely share this episode in particular, because this is something that we definitely experience at some time or another grief and loss. So we want to share this with as many people as we can. So help us out by doing this. If you know someone that could really benefit from watching this episode, feel free to share it to them, but tell them to like the page, <laughs> like the page and subscribe to our channels. But yeah, definitely um, feel free to do so. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, we can go ahead and end. All righty then. Well, you all take care and you enjoy the remainder of your day and if it's god's will we will see you all back in two weeks two weeks two weeks same time same place thank y'all and also if you are not having a good day a good space you can always change it okay so continue to take care of yourself and each other until next time peace bye bye bye